holy connection. Today is so good. Gabrielle Westgal, inspiring honey. It's not just her name. It's just not her voice even or her heartbeat because she is. She is sweet, 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 but it is her testimony. It is the truth of every part of her life. She had trials. You guys, she was 10 years old and she had cancer and she is 22 today. She has had two businesses since the age of 15. She is a mama of two and a wife to one. And she's still just exuding joy. And I say still, I mean, that's a lot of blessings in the midst of all of those things that I just said. But I am just honored, honored to stand with her in the partnership of alignment, in the knowing the importance of mind, body, and soul alignment, connection, gifting, serving, She does all of these things day in and day out, and she does it with the sweetest, honey-like spirit. So I hope that you just enjoy this entire conversation. She even gives us some incredible nuggets on how we can get aligned, how she got aligned, and how you can stay connected further with her new book that's coming out, and it might be out by the time you hear this podcast. So be sure to check it out all about social media which sounds contrary to Inspiring Honey, but I know there's going to be some Jesus gems in there. So enjoy today. Gab is what she goes by for short, which I totally love because when I was little, the name that I chose when I played house was Gabriella, but you can call me Gabby. So no Gabby, just Gab, but sweet, sweet, sweet. She's got the gift of Gab as you're going to find out real quick. All right, y'all. Blessings. Enjoy. This is your God wink. The moment that heaven says, for such a time as this, it's time to own your joy, prioritize your health, discover your wealth, and exude your wholeness. It's time to become truly fit. However, this isn't a fitness podcast, though I'm a retired personal trainer and nutritionist. This isn't business jargon or tips and tricks to landing your successful passion project, though that's totally why I'm a business coach. This isn't a quick fix health detox ploy, though I'm all for therapy and I love whole foods. I do have a YOLO side sweet tooth though. This isn't confusing religious banter, though I'm an ordained minister still figuring out the many things and facets and faces of Jesus. It's really none of that. So I'm wondering if you're wondering, what is this? Well, This is an opportunity to join me alongside other big dreamers, innovative movers, and lifestyle shakers as we explore and share our messy comeback stories and discoveries with each of you fellow passionate seekers. The Fit and Faith movement was birthed through my own trial and error discovery of mind, body, and soul alignment, and to be totally transparent, my own entrepreneurial crash and burn experiences. I've learned firsthand that being fit isn't about our physique at all. It's not about our qualifying abilities or titles. It's not about our potential. It's truly about our God-gifted passions meeting our purpose. You are one step away from achieving your idea, your dream, your calling, your purpose, whatever you want to call it. And I want to be there for the moment that you say yes in freedom, clarity, and confidence that you are living fully fit in who and whose you were made to be. Welcome to the Fit and Faith Podcast with me, Tamara Andress. There is no better time than now to get fit. Okay, that just made me so happy. (laughs) The music had me like dancing. I was holding it back. (laughs) I was like, this is so good. I don't know what's going on, but I'm so excited. (laughs) 
conversation is going to be so good. And I am so blessed to have you here today in the midst of all the things that you have going on, which you guys, it's a lot, right? So she's got a five month old and a two year old. That's intense in and of itself. And that does not define you, which I'm so grateful that there's more to that story. But it is such a sweet time frame for us to just be in existence, um, to be a mom, right? Like it's such a treasure. How are you holding up? Well, it is such a blessing. I have always wanted to have kids. I've always known that I wanted to be a mom. And that's always been a huge priority for me. And thankfully, my husband is such an amazing dad. Um, And he grew up with tons of siblings. So having him and having his experience as an amazing father has just helped me as a mom so much. I love that. I And I agree. I concur. If you have a partner in that process that, well, they don't always have to love the infant stage because most guys have a hard time like in that connection. My husband's a baby whisperer. So literally when my girlfriends will come over with newborns, he's like, I've got them because you can just see in a, in a mom's like face, especially in the stage that you're in. They just, we just need some space sometimes. So I'm so grateful that your husband is in partnership with you in that regard, because it's a special thing to have. Um, um, but you guys, I haven't even told you her name. You guys don't even know who she is. She's just some cute little like Auburn, Auburn. Yes, kind yeah, of. For our, okay, I like it. <laughs> but she's so much more than just a mom. She's so much more than just an Auburn. Gabrielle actually started her first business when she was 15. And I know we have a huge sector of entrepreneurs that listen to this podcast. And so I can't wait to just dive into that conversation alone. She also started her second company when she was 19 and a ministry. She loves Jesus. She's an author, a national public speaker, a writer, a mentor, and something that I know is not the only part of who you are, but probably something you talk about often is that you are a childhood cancer survivor. So Gabrielle, it's amazing to have you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I just want to drop one more thing. Everything that she's done and and the way that I discovered her is through her company called Inspiring Honey. And when I first uh, like got represent, like represented representation, excuse me, of the name, I'm like, comprehending what does this mean and how is it like relevant to you because it means something to me and I can't wait to just unpack that and hear hear so much more about the starting point to your life thank you that was such um, a sweet like intro I really appreciate it you're so welcome (laughs) so tell me all the things where do you want to jump in what part of that bio kind of struck you in this moment I am I'm very much like just on the cuff I want us to just get to know each other and showcase your heart and your life to, to the people who are listening. I guess I'll start a little bit where it all started for me and for my faith and for my businesses. Um, it all started back in 2008 when I was 10 years old and I was diagnosed with cancer. As you can imagine, that's a huge impact. That's a huge moment that can either impact you for good or for bad. So when I was going through cancer, I was super, super sick. There were times when the doctors told my parents to say goodbye to me. Um, I watched a lot of my friends pass away dealing with the same thing that I was. So God really started putting roots of faith in my heart then. Um, And from that experience, God led me to start pursuing him and started opening all these doors that led me to where I am today and what he's doing with my work in this current season. That's amazing. And And to know too, in the process of that, 
like you were watching other people pass, like where was your faith and how is it being tested in the, in the process? Because was there that fear of what if, what if it is me or did you feel like a sense of peace? I definitely felt a sense of peace. So I actually was on a podcast over the summer and I had a conversation with somebody about dying specifically. And I remember being, I think I was 11 years old at this point, sitting at my kitchen table with my homebound tutor. And I sat there and I said to her, this was right after one of my best friends had passed away. I said, you know what? I'm not scared of dying. I can't wait till I meet this. And that is something that the much younger child version of myself said um, that really sticks with me and something that I pray that I'm always going to be able to keep. Uh, and and growing in my faith in that time is really when I was most rooted and most mm. fearless and most bold because I, I really believe that when we're at our lowest, God is able to work on us so, so much. So good. Guys, this is golden. I hope you have, I, I had to pull out my notebook over here and take notes because you you have like a sense of of wisdom about you at such a young age but additionally like there's just this i feel and sense your peace like through the screen you guys it's it's, it's really tangible and it, it kind of parallels in a way that i didn't know it would to the concept of honey and like the almost like the healing balm right that that god provides to us when he comes in intimately and can soothe every sector of our lives so you said when you were then like then at that stage you were the most fearless as you've gotten older, you know, it's like a common thread in people's lives that like they become less fearless. They like don't want to go out surfing anymore. My story, because it like <laughs> scares me. What if I fall? What if I crack my head? What if the board hits me? And I didn't have that fear when I was younger. What if I get in a car accident when I leave? What if when I'm on the air- airplane, I can't see my kids anymore? Do you feel like the that growth, that aging, and perhaps even just the state of motherhood that you're in, has that implanted any sense of fear? Definitely. I think... I- I think mostly that has come from motherhood because I am still pretty, I'm pretty young. And when I look at people that I went to school with and grew up with, they're still in a completely different stage mostly than what I am because I'm only 22. So my kids and being a mother has definitely in place, I don't want to say fear, maybe anxiety, it definitely yeah. has more anxiety in me. Um, and a lot more worry over what I do, which can be good, but it also can definitely, I find, hold me back a lot more than it used to. Yeah, that makes total sense. I, I'm curious in what that lifestyle is like and those shifts that have been made being a mother so young and, and kind of having that sense of wisdom really early because you you hit what most people would say would be like their uh, midlife crisis, right? I I claim a quarter life crisis. So I was a bit older than you, but also younger than most. And I'm so at this point grateful in my life that I hit that roadblock early so that I could help serve and be a part of the kingdom and invested in my own well-being sooner, knowing my identity. Do you feel like cancer was a part of understanding who God sees you as, that identity piece? And how has that added to where you are today? Oh, 100%. If I did not have cancer, I do not think I would be strong in my faith. I don't think I would be where I'm at. I honestly 
well, I know that God is sovereign. We know that he ordained it for a purpose. And I've never, ever once doubted that and ever questioned that. That was ultimately supposed to be part of my story just for me to be able to be humbled and point people to the cross, um, which is just so incredible. And and one thing I always talk about is just how no matter what we're going through, and I know you can talk to this too, that within our pain, there is so much purpose and it's purpose that goes beyond us. It's purpose that ultimately serves the kingdom. Yeah, that's amazing. When people ask you questions, and I know this is something that happens a lot, like why me when there's that cancer that hits or why would God let this happen? Mm -hmm. And you said it really beautifully, like that this is the reason that I'm able to stand in my identity today and stand in this intimacy with God because I pursued him in a different way than you would have as a 10 year old. I, I definitely wasn't pursuing God when I was 10. So I wish I was, I I wish I knew him. I wish I was implanted in an environment that allowed me to do that, but I just wasn't. So how do you help people through that now? I think that's a really tough question. I honestly think that one of the ways that we can help people um, through anything is just by pointing them back to the cross and just by saying, hey, look, we know God is sovereign and we know that life on earth is going to, it's going to stink, right? Like our time here is going to be like troubles. We're going to have lots of troubles. We know that the scripture tells us that. We know scripture doesn't tell us as a Christian, we're going to have an easy life. We're going to get everything Mm -hmm. we want. It actually warns us that life is going to be harder when we're living for Jesus. Um, So that's how I really mentor people in that area. And I say, listen, like your life is going to be tough here, but you have God who brings you the most peace and the most comfort and the most joy. And that's firm foundation you can cling on to and then also cling on to the hope of eternity being in perfect peace and face to face with Jesus like even just saying that brings me this sense of warmth and chills oh that's so good it's so true too because looking at my kiddos and knowing that they know Jesus in a way that I didn't know Jesus when I was their age it brings me a lot of peace and it brings me like that sense of prosperity here on earth knowing that there is a Deposit into them, regardless if I was to not be here tomorrow or I was I'm with them every step of the way. Um, so I'm curious, how did it affect your parents in that process? And and who who do they do they are they Christian? Are that were they Christian at the time? What did that look like? It definitely affected my parents. So my dad is a Catholic and he grew up Catholic and my mom is a Christian. Um, and my mom really started reading her Bible and bringing her Bible to us. And my mom really mentored us a lot in her faith, but so did my dad. Um, and during that time, it brought my whole family. I think I, I don't want to speak for my parents because I was only 10. I don't know where they were at spiritually, but I think it really brought faith home to them. And I think it really brought their relationship with God to a forefront in their life. Um, And I know that it impacted them so much to have a deeper appreciation for God and just a closeness with Jesus. So you're so young and you saw obviously marriage example through a really hard trial in their life. Right. And they, they still, they're still together today. Yes, they are. And so like, I love that, that emulation of you being able to step into that identity in marriage. I want to hear like, what was it like meeting your, your husband? That sounds so amazing. And like, how did you guys meet and how did you end up together so young? Like people I know who are in their forties are still looking for that perfect love. And obviously perfect love is only from God himself, but like this perfect match, I guess I should say. Yes, I can 100% say that my husband is the perfect match for me. It is so funny because...
Oh, this is from your husband, but I was Hold on one second. Your sound is like clear. Is oh, can you hear me? Glitchy. Maybe it's my headphones. Keep going. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can yeah, hear I can you hear now. You. Okay, hear okay. Um, but what I was saying is now, as my husband and I have been married, we've been married two years now. So as we've grown in our marriage, maybe you can relate to this with your husband. But it's so funny because we'll be thinking the same thing at the same exact time. And one of us will say it and be like, what? I was about to say that. Or what? I was just thinking that. And it happens all the time. And my husband and I work together now. So it's happening even, even more. Um, but the story of how we met was super, super cool. So we had gone to a church together, but I had started going that summer. My husband had been there for years, his whole life, and he was really involved on the worship team. Anyway, I started fresh out of high school, about to go into college. I started going to the young adult college group and there was a summer pool party. Did not expect my husband, Ethan, to be there. He showed up. He played his guitar, led worship that night. And I was like, oh, he's really cute. Um, He got my Snapchat and we started Snapchatting. He got my Instagram. We started DMing. And then we like hung out a few times at young adult group. And he actually invited himself over to my house um, to teach me how to play guitar never learned how to play guitar still have no idea I know like one or two chords um but long story short we ended up hanging out every single day after that and it was just so clear in our relationship that it was a God thing because he was definitely pursuing me. I definitely had a lot of feelings for him. Um, and it just naturally happened. It just kept progressing and God kept pushing us together. That is so amazing. He is 22 as well. He just turned 22 this February. Oh my oh gosh, my you guys are baby. Baby. <laughs> like, baby. And, and you have babies. Yep, we do. I'm so excited for you to like just consistently example like a a marriage rooted, right? And and again, my story is very different than that. And so I I'm eagerly expectant and prayerful that my sweet Waverly and my sweet Cooper will have a sim- similar situation and scenario. <laughs> How did your parents feel when you were like, "We're getting married" and you're 20? Uh, well, our, I don't know if you know this, but our testimony is kind of crazy because we actually, so we got pregnant before we were married, um, okay. a huge wrench in things and it was a very crazy time. There's a lot of emotions, a lot going on there. Um, and obviously we had to walk through a huge season of repentance. Um, we actually walked through a season of repentance and then we started going to our church, which is our home church that I had been going to previously to meeting my husband, Ethan. I was able to get baptized there. Our, um, our pastor who married us actually walked through the same thing with his wife 16 wow. years prior. Um, so it was such a God thing that that pastor, Pastor Matthew, was in our life at that point um, to be able to pour into us and help us walk through that and see an example and see like, hey, I'm a pastor now. I have four kids. My wife and I love Jesus. We repented. Um, and he, he ended up marrying us. That's our home church still. And God has been able to work so much and just remind me of his redemption through my son, Caden, and through our marriage. Wow, that is beautiful. And I love that you pursued even still because I feel like there could have been, and I'm speculating here, uh, with the shift in church and things like that, some some rejection or some abandonment based on this choice and this new identity that you had as a prospective mom. 
Yeah, it was definitely a very hard season. I can say that um, I witnessed a lot of people respond to us in ways that was very unloving. It was really lonely, and it was probably one of the hardest times in my life. I would even say it was probably harder than going through cancer um, because of the shame, because of the ridicule, because of the comments we heard, um, and because of everything that was going on. But still, through it, God was so good, and he put so many people in our life to witness to us, um, especially my mother-in-law and my father-in-law. They walked through the same thing. They actually had my husband before they were married, and they are so strong in their faith. And my mother-in-law just prayed over me and showed me so much love. And it was just, God just did such an amazing thing uh, with the people he put in our lives. Wow. And even that, like for them to be able to witness that and then to be able to help you guys walk through, I mean, that's literally the point of our testimony, right? Is that we go through these trials, we go through these tests so that we have a testimony that can not just serve the people horizontally, but serves the kingdom in the name of Jesus, because that that points to him in every single step of the way to say, I have somebody already planted for you to pray for you. I have somebody who's already going to catch you when you fall. I have somebody who's already going to protect you when they say something different. And so I love that that part of your story. And I, I think specifically speaking from the church, right? And the church being the little C church, I heard a pastor yesterday call it churchianity versus Christianity. <laughs> because oftentimes people will hate on Christianity because the church ease, if you will, are, are not kind. And it's that imperfection in humanity that provides this understanding and this blanket that that Christians are bad and therefore Christianity is bad and therefore God is bad. And people will run. They'll run from church. And I had this exact example happen to me. And so I totally parallel in that. I didn't get pregnant. However, I was a senior in high school and I was living out trying to pursue Jesus. I was a leader in Young Life organization. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that or not. Um, and so, I mean, I was helping lead worship and Bible studies and all of these things and simultaneously was living in the shadows and somebody called me out on it. And instead of just like being what they call us to do and talk to them directly, right in the Bible, it says to go to your brother and sister and first have a conversation and confront something before going and telling the world about it. Well, the world was told my school of 2000 found out about it. I ended up losing uh, all my friends, uh, almost like a couple months before graduation, I actually was demoted from every responsibility in young life and completely left isolated. Not one leader pursued me to, to pray over me, to do those things, to try and catch me from the fall. Right. And I felt completely abandoned in the midst of that. I actually didn't tell my parents about it at all because I knew what they would think if I continued to hang out with the people that I was hanging out with who were happy to have me run back to them when the other people who should have been stating and claiming my identity left me in the dark. And so I need people to know and to hear this message through the storyline of both of our stories that it's not God and it's not the church who is hurting you or who has hurt you or who will, who will hurt you. Cause I'm not perfect. I can surely say that I have to catch my words sometimes or my emotions or my quick judgments, right? We are always becoming, we are always in this path of becoming more like Jesus. And that doesn't call us to perfectionism. It calls them to us to be more like Christ, but Christ is the only thing perfect. And yeah. so if you're putting your hope in a church, if you're in a house or in a denomination, there will be brokenness in that denomination and there will be religion in that denomination. 
And God didn't come here for religion. He came here to love. Amen. So when, I hear you. When you, you were talking, talking about that too, one thing that came to mind, mind, and I'm so thankful that I heard this sermon early on, even before all this happened, and it was able to carry through with me, um, is that our church is not a home or a our, Jeffrey Berker, I always say names wrong. Jeffrey person, I don't know if anybody watches like Christian videos, you'll know it's spoken word. But anyway, he, he did this spoken word video and he said that church is not a museum for perfect people. It's a hospital for the broken. And I always kept that with me. And when I started going through what I went through and I had a home, my husband's home church and the people on there react in not such a loving way and felt that shame and felt that criticism and didn't have anyone reach out. Um, but we had another church who I had been going to, who God had ordained for us to have our home church and be mentored by and to be poured into. Like that's the Christianity that Jesus wants us to have. Those are the people that Jesus wants us to be. Like when you're going through a hard time, you want somebody that's going to love you like Jesus. You want someone to say, hey, this is a sin. This is not how you're supposed to do it and help you change. You don't want somebody to shun you and then walk away. Yeah, it's so I think, true. I think it's important to note that when our sin is called out and when we realize, oh, I messed up, we have to walk away from it. Like Jesus talked to the woman at the well and she was sinning and he told her, go and sin no more. He didn't condemn her. He just told her, don't continue in your sin. Walk away from it. Walk in the light and go and walk freely. And I love you even still, right? Like he yeah. loved you through it. He'll love you through it. He's always loved you and he always will. And I think that's the the abundance factor of being able to be inside of his perfect love and still the recognition that that church, right? Or Young Life, the organization, they're not they're not wrong. Like what their mission is and their vision and their values are good and they're rooted and they're founded. It's again, the people holding the torch, right? And so it's the understanding too, that there's probably conviction in those pastors or those people or whomever was a part of that organization that now sees you continuing to thrive, continuing to be in God's fruitfulness, right? And seeing your family just restore, like restored and also serving in the same exact thing. So- all right, quick pause. I love that you're tuning into this show. Really, your shares, your subscribes and reviews, even your listens mean a ton to me personally and honestly to all of us who put these shows out weekly for your listening pleasure. But are you ready? I think it's time that I put you in the hot seat for a question. If you're resonating with all of these multi-passionate, God-loving success stories, then I bet you have one of your own. Maybe you're even in the midst of that comeback. Regardless, there is a deeper message inside of you. I am sure of it. It's your why factor for living life. So here's the question. Why not turn that mess into a message by starting a podcast of your very own? It's time for you to amplify. And since I've been podcasting for a couple years now and I've trained dozens of shows into launch, I've also hit top of the charts across the globe. Why would you want to learn from anybody else? I'm also pretty fun. And so is my team. And we put together this e-course. And don't stop here. Don't fast forward. Hold up. I know you're thinking e-course, me course. Everybody's got a course. But this one is truly as good as it gets. I give you behind the scenes, step by steps. My team is screen sharing exactly what they do post-processing. There are video modules and a workbook. Plus, we offer direct group coaching with us. No videos, us live in action. Let's create that human to human connection. 
So really, there's nothing like it. I would encourage you to go check out TamaraAndress.com and check out the course tab. Once you get there, there's even a free mini course option if you want to see the behind the scenes and not really take my word for it. So you should take my word for it. You're here listening to me right now. So I appreciate you. We love you. We encourage you. But girl, boy, man, woman, father, dog, whatever, (laughs) it's time for you to amplify. All right. Now let's get back to the show. Tell us about, I'm going to flip it up here a little bit. Tell us about your entrepreneurial journey, because right now you serve from a place of love. You serve from a place of um, just deposit and peace and that joy that you sense in her spirit. Like that's what she does with Inspiring Honey. But take us back to the first business when you were 15 and how you decided to say yes to that. Okay, so the first business started when I was 15, like you said. So at that point, I was already public speaking. I was getting asked to be on TV shows, to public speak. I was a writer. So I got asked to write for the Huffington Post, like out of the blue. I wasn't out of the blue. Um, Rita Wilson, Tom Hanks' wife, had heard my story um, and wanted me to be featured on, it was called Stories of Strength or something like that. And then I wrote for that, got featured on the Huffington Post. They asked me to start being a blog for them started writing for them um, and this whole time I loved business my family goes back five generations in business so I just have that entrepreneurial spirit in me love it my husband actually just got him into entrepreneurship he loves it it is so ingrained um, within my family for generations and then now my current family the four of us but anyway so my sister after my sister and I started our business together because when I had cancer, um, I was really into natural bath and beauty products. I am now a certified holistic nutritionist, um, and everything you put on your skin is absorbed directly into your bloodstream. So at that point, we were making a bunch of products, and somebody said to us, why don't you sell them? Um, so we are like, hmm. Okay. So we started, started thinking about it, went to the drawing board and we formed an LLC, started selling our products at farmers markets on our website. Um, just like random things. And then eventually it like exploded. We got put in Whole Foods. We got brand reps. We were in stores. I think we, by the time that I left the company, I think we were in almost every store or every state across the nation in stores. Um, so it had grown exponentially. Um, and I started my second company at 19, which is Inspiring Honey. And basically when I started it, I just wanted it to be a place for people to see Jesus. And I, I started sharing online. I started sharing about Jesus. Eventually I started getting brand deals and I was like, okay, I can do this. <laughs> like it. Um, I see that God is going to bless this to become my full time. Uh, so through that, I started doing that. I started doing business coaching. Um, Inspiring Honey became an LLC. And today, Inspiring Honey is a ministry and we help women in their everyday lives. We help them live inspired. I actually have a book coming out next Friday. Um, at the end, well, it's actually in the beginning of April, we have our own line of essential rollers coming out to help people. Um, and it is just so, so cool. We have the Inspiring Honey Shop. I could talk on and on about this. I know, it's so good. (laughs) I I am, my brain is all business all the time. I get to help build it too. And so when I'm hearing, I'm like, oh, is she going to do this? Is she going to do this? I have so many ideas and so many thoughts. So we can take that conversation offline. But if we were live coaching right now, it would be another story. (laughs) And I would be asking you about membership. I would be asking you about a potential app. I would be asking you about like a series of books that's probably and should come out. I'm so curious, like, what is the vision? What is the dream that God's deposited as the long term, knowing that you're so young? Do you even like, can you even like see that? 
Yeah, so long term, I really would love to have a membership site. That's something that we're actually working on and will hopefully be done by the summer. Um, I want to continue writing. I want to continue series of books and public speaking. And I really love to have a conference as well mm. as have these natural products in stores across the United States again. Um, and I really just want, I also too, part of our mission is to um, inspire women to just grow in their faith. And inspiring honey comes from the Bible verse, Proverbs 16, uh, 24. Kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul and soothing to the body. So at Inspiring Honey, we not only deal with your soul, your heart, we also deal with your body. So as a cancer survivor, I feel, and as a nutritionist, I know how important it is to have natural products. Um, and a lot of companies out there are just greenwashing. They're slapping labels on, giving tags to things that are actually really harming people. So that's another part of our mission that we're really going forward in this year. That's huge and so critical. I was in a very interesting clubhouse room the other day. Are you in clubhouse yet? I'm not, but I've been hearing so much about it. You've got to, you've got to, you've got to, you've got to, not only from your story, but your passion and your mission, you'll connect with so incredible, so many incredible people. If you need an invitation, we've got like seven, I think. So I'll text you afterwards and get you on. (laughs) I will, because it's, it's transformed my business. It's transformed my day. Um, I literally am a heart part of a moderation room called breakfast with champions. Oh. And today, in fact, we are dropping a flash mob. It's going to be the vir- first ever virtual flash mob. I got to help orchestrate it with an incredible choreographer local and a musician who created the song. And it's it's amazing. And it's a God-centered message that we have millions of viewers and TikTokers who are going to be seeing and experiencing this viral video. The reason I tell you this is because Clubhouse specifically has opened this just a- ability and doorway for people like you to come in, to get investors, to share, to showcase, um, but also to propel. And I just believe that God is utilizing the space in the app and the people uh, to just really support one another. And I can see through the vision of what you have to come and what you currently have going on, you definitely should go. (laughs) <laughs> like immediately. Yes, please. I wanted to, and I downloaded the app and it said, you need an invitation. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I swear they're not intending to be like a cool kids club, but right now it's iPhone users only. We know they're cooler than everyone. Sorry guys. Love you. Android users. And Love. also only 2% of all social media users are currently on the, on the app, which oh, wow. is mind boggling to me. But I'm telling you, girl, all everyone that I've met that I've actually developed actual relationships with, not just like a one-time DM, they are so like spirit-led. And I'm like, what's happening? Jesus, like, come on. I actually had a gal recently who was not in her faith who said this statement. I'd love to hear what your thoughts are on it, knowing like the virality and the potential of your business and how you guys operate online. She said, What if the second coming, what if Jesus had this plan and that the internet is the second coming? And I was like, what? First off, I don't even know what to say to that. But second off, I know that part of his mission in the process of the second coming is that every nation will hear, right? Every eye will see and every nation will hear the goodness of his name and have access to who he is. And the internet is, is the thing that's making that happen. And I really believe if there are people like you in a space like this, we have the ability to touch souls. Oh, so, I 100% agree. 
I, I am excited for you. I didn't mean to take a clubhouse tangent. Whoop, we derailed, <laughs> but it's so powerful and specifically around the entrepreneurial sector of what it is that you do and the, the mission behind Inspiring Honey. I had a question as you were sharing your story around the business that was when you were 15. Is that still operating or was that sold or is your sister running that? My sister runs it completely. So wow. that is my sister's thing. Um, she's still running it, operating it. It's doing great. I just stepped away from it. Um, and what I do full-time and what my husband does full-time is Inspiring Honey. That's amazing. So tell me more because one of the things that I'm really passionate about is the mind-body, which you've also share, and yeah. spirit alignment. Like having this vertical knowing of self and health before you try to activate to the world, to the population, to horizontal giving that ends up being horizontal taking when you're yeah. depositing negativity, right? So tell me about, obviously we know from a health perspective from cancer, there was a lot of healing in that process. What more have you unpacked in that process of not just makeup, but how about mental health and things like that? Oh, 100%. I've unlocked so, so much. I recently finished my certification in holistic nutrition, which is something that was huge for me. I actually finished my test and got certified last week, which was so... It's a newborn. That's crazy. (laughs) You're moving like a supersonic speed. I love it. Yeah, so that's one thing my husband and I joke about all the time. We just, we feel like God has put our life on a fast track and the opportunities he's given us and the doors he's given to us, like we're just going to keep going. And he, we actually had a conversation this morning and I was like, how come so many people don't like work or don't want to, don't think that they can pursue certain things or how much, how come so many people have so many ideas, but they don't act on it. Um, and he was like, it's just your mindset. It's just where you're putting your hope. And I was like, wow, like that is such a great reminder. It is our mindset. Um, but going back to your question, about health. So in holistic health, um, and through my courses, we were taught that your body, it's your mind, body, uh, spirit, and your soul. And God literally made so much for us to be healthy. He gave us herbs. He gave us essential oils. He gave us plants to cure our bodies. Um, literally, when you get a pharmaceutical drug, it is derived from a plant. It's just this synthetic version of a plant. So when you, you, we all know corn syrup is terrible and corn syrup is literally fake sugar derived from a strawberry or a blueberry. And that's how drugs are. And I'm not saying that you should never take drugs or drugs are terrible. Drugs saved my life. But I'm saying that there's so much benefit and there's so much power to be unlocked within herbs and oils. And it doesn't have to be this new agey thing because it's not new agey. It is from the Lord. And when we're using it, to honor him and glorify him. And we know that these are gifts from him. We can use them. And I, I know as a Christian, a lot of the times people are like, oh, holistic, that's new agey. I'm like, no, 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 no. We're about Jesus. And we're about things Jesus has given us. It's so true. And I'm like, I am trying to stay still because I need to stay on the screen and inside of this tiny box. But I want to just like <laughs> jump up and down as you jumping jacks, because this is like such a heart message of mine in the understanding that the woo-woo stuff is a lie. It's a, it's the enemy has taken what is already designed by God because everything is here and implanted from a Holy Spirit deposit and something negative, just like we talked about the very beginning, 
the human, the imperfect human has taken and twisted and changed what was originally good. And yesterday I had on an incredible pastor. You've got to check out Myron Golden. He was amazing. He blew my mind. He had a whiteboard up on the podcast. First whiteboard experience I had. <laughs> I was taking like pages of notes. I'm like, holy cow. He's like, is this okay? I'm like, keep going. And he taught us all about how gold is actually mentioned eight times in Genesis. And oh, people wow. have destroyed and destructed money as a thing of evil when it was actually first called good. God made it good. And he said, gold is good. And so he gave it and deposited it to his people. And it was just amazing to unlock the fact that the things that you, you two are talking about, even this holistic understanding manifestation, God's idea. It's in the Bible. There's literally manifestation terms, phraseology actually in the Bible meditation, meditate on my word. Does he not say that? Right. All these things, energy. Oh, how do you think we're here? Like all of the things are established by God for God's purpose. And yet it's just been misconstrued. And that's what the enemy, that's his, that's his role. That's the archangel. That is Satan's literal only identity is to mess things up because that's what he's done with his own life. And so as you were speaking, and I love, love, love the conversation that you and your husband were having this morning, that's powerful, impactful. That conversation alone could be an entire podcast, but it made me realize this, um, quote that I had said earlier, and I wanted to bring it back. I was processing some information about being humble and also being an alpha and an alpha being connected to the alpha and the omega and what that looks like when we establish our identity in him. And it says, when you know your identity, you can identify the purpose in your placement and your path. When you know your identity, you can identify the purpose in your placement and your path. And so what I mean by that is the reason you have this supernatural fuel, the reason you have your health and the reason that God has given you this gift, not only of your family and the sweetness of what it is, but of inspiring honey, of your legacy of cancer, right? Pain and and purpose and passion all have a reason is because he is your energy source. He's the one connecting you to every open door at a supersonic speed and giving you the energy to show up well for it. However, as a nutritionist, I know you can partner with me in this, is if you were to take that authority and that that path and you were to be depositing McDonald's simultaneously, what would be happening right now? Yeah, it's it's kind of it's just like the the idea of garbage in garbage out. We know that when we watch garbage, when we listen to garbage, it's gonna come out through our mouths. We are just finishing um the last edits over my book, and I I talk about this a lot in my book. It's actually about social media, but I talk a lot about what's influencing us, and and just as important as it is to be mindful of what we're taking in spiritually, it's so important to be mindful of what we're taking in uh, physically, digesting. We are consumers, right? We can consume this conversation. Anybody listening to this is a consumer. They're listening to us. They're being influenced. Even if they think, oh, this conversation is going to affect me. Yes, it is. Everything you listen to, everything you watch, it's going to affect you. Everything you eat, even on a cellular level, your body breaks up that food on a cellular level. So you got to be responsible. You have to be a good steward of your health spiritually, mentally, and physically. Oh gosh, y'all. This is like literally the Fit and Faith podcast is made for this. Literally, this is the deposit of my spirit. It's the reason I go on international retreats with women to give them the time out and the recognition that this is all connected. 
You are not a different, like your arm doesn't exist on the other side of the room. Your leg doesn't exist in your bed while you're out and about walking around, right? Like we are a body, we are a vessel. We have purpose in this placement, wherever you are listening to this, whether you're running, whether you're driving in the car, whether you're taking a bath, whether you're trying to work and you should be focused on your work and you're doing this instead. I love you. I appreciate your listenership. But listen, you cannot be an incongruent being. Our wholeness exists in the physicality, the mentality, and the social, emotional well-being, the spirituality of who you are. And there's no separate, there's no separateness. When there is separateness, there is failure. When there is separateness, there is pain. When there is separateness, there is sickness. When there is separateness, there's a lot of things that you don't want to experience that it sounds like from your life story and mine, we have. And so we're literally telling you, if you are in a place where you're like, I can't figure this thing out. I don't have energy. I don't have hope. I don't have, you know, inner, I don't have light. I don't have, I don't know what this path looks like. We're telling you a couple things. One, not to have fear, but to also understand that you have to get into alignment for there to be this supernatural flow that you're witnessing in the life of Gab and the life of myself right now. Not perfect flow, not perfect. I'm becoming every single day. I do have water and vegetables literally in arm's reach. So you're proud of me. I know you're proud of me, but I'm drinking out of plastic and I'm really sad about that. I'm trying, I need to not drink out of plastic, but regardless, it's the recognition that everything you do, every single thing you do matters. Yes. Yep. It has, it has an impact and it has an impact that lasts far beyond us. It has an impact that lasts into the kingdom. Uh, That's another thing that I was writing in my book and I was rereading it yesterday for the final edit and just like, whoa, okay. Like, like what I wrote here about our words lasting into the kingdom. We know that the Bible tells us one day we're going to be face to face with Jesus and he's going to ask us and God is going to hold us accountable for every action, every word, every, it says every idle word. And everything we do, we have to be accountable for. And we have to understand that we are children of God. And God is so great. And he is so awesome. And he's given us a responsibility as his children to steward his gifts well. Our bodies are a gift. Our bodies are literally temples from him. Our health is a gift. Even knowing the Holy Spirit and having the Holy Spirit in us is such a, such a gift. And we have to be stewarding it well. And if we think that we can be lazy about it or we're just kind of on the fence about it, taking care of one part, but not taking care of the other, then we have to really step back and say, how are we stewarding what the Lord gave us? Like, how are we treating what he gave us with honor and with glory to honor him? It makes me think of this analogy that I had one time of like, okay, everybody's talking to like, you're welcome at my table. That's like everybody's saying right now, come take a seat at my table. And I love it. I love, I'm a host at my heart. And so I love to do that. I'm at breakfast with champions. They talk about being at the table every single day. I honor it. However, I have this perspective, just like the final supper, right? Is the last supper, the final supper is you have this table and you're, when you welcome Jesus to it, and I'm talking about your physical table in your home. If you were to have him sit down, what did you eat for dinner last night? Mm. Are you feeding it to Jesus? Like Jesus himself. Imagine if he came into your kitchen. This is not a, this, I'm telling you to practice this meditation right now <laughs> so that you can manifest something different for your future. Because 
I would guarantee that a majority of people wouldn't feed that exact meal to Jesus, right? You want to give him the utmost fuel for him to go out and do his mission. He was walking from city to city to city, right? And he couldn't have done that specifically just on carbs or junk or sugar because he would have fainted. He needed water and not maybe what you drank a bunch of yesterday, regardless of what that is, soda, alcohol, the things. And so I just want people to like perception, right, is everything. This understanding of perspective. If you have the Holy Spirit within you, Jesus is inside of you. You're feeding him at your table every single day. And so therefore you have a choice. Are you feeding him greens or are you feeding him McDonald's? And I have been harping on McDonald's lately. I feel terrible, but my kids literally like, ew, every time they pass it. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> I did something right. I love him from an entrepreneurial perspective. They're genius. It's amazing. Their marketing is spot on. Their brand is great. But what if it was good? Yeah. Right? What if when people, oh, yeah, I mean, come on. So I, I just, I honor you. I partner with you in your message. I love that there is a multitude of people who have unlocked this. I love that you unlocked it so young. And I know that there was a lot of hardship that came with that, but I see you and I just, I'm amazed by you. I'm amazed by your husband. I don't even know who he is and your kiddos and just the home front that you're leading because you literally are the example of the Proverbs 31 woman, Right. You are doing it in the midst. It's in the midst. We wake up early. We go to bed late. We're, we're, we're serving. We're getting them clothed. You're nursing or feeding or mommy, mommy, mommy to the toddler, right? Like it's exhausting. But when you have this, this knowing, this deep peace and this purpose because of your knowing of your identity, you're able to operate in just such a different head and heart space. Oh, 100%. That's really sweet that you even brought up the Proverbs 31 woman or even compared me to her because that has been a prayer in my heart. Like every day, I want to say for the past maybe year and a half, I've been praying, Lord, help me be more like the Proverbs 31 woman. Help me show her through my ministry. Like help me be who you call us to be as women. And as I've been studying that, it's really helped me in my own entrepreneurship and my motherhood walk forward and be like, yeah, like I don't have to feel bad about owning a business because the Proverbs 31 woman did. And I don't have to feel bad about simultaneously doing that while raising children because the Proverbs 31 woman did because God has given us gifts to operate in to glorify him. And if we're negating some parts that he's put on our heart, then we're not fully serving him if we're not being obedient. And I know that I'm walking in obedience to him when I, when I am working and when I'm loving my children, because he's put those things on my heart and he continuously opens the doors and leads me when I, when I am obedient and when I'm humbly serving him and laying it at his feet. Goodness gracious, fire, 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 fire. Like this, I need a fire. There's usually fire trucks and you can sometimes hear them in my podcast because I don't like the podcast booth in our office. But wow, you just brought the fire truck, you guys. I hope you take note of that. Rewind, listen again, because mom guilt is such a thing. And shame and guilt around pursuing your purpose is a thing. But what if the purpose that you're leading isn't segmented from your motherhood? Because what's happening is as you're leading that front in your office, in your workplace, in your entrepreneurial journey, you are leading your children. You are establishing the legacy. 
And I will tell you that this conversation that we're having right now meets my soul as well, because I've had some incredible doors open in the last couple of weeks. I've been incredibly blessed and so humbled and so grateful. And at the very same time, I felt guilt because that those opportunities require my presence. And that presence is an hour additionally, another hour additionally away from my babies. And so I got this opportunity and I was like so ecstatic. I was getting flooded with messages of positivity and gratefulness from friends and family and coworkers and my team. And as I was doing that, just grinning ear to ear, I walked by my five, my six and seven year old. And I had just asked them for an hour in order for this, this experience to exist for them to watch TV, which I am not for. I am not a device driven mama. It happens all the time. But I, that's not me. That's not what my heart is. My heart is experience and travel and cuddles and books and all the things. And so I walk past them in this moment of simultaneous joy and this simultaneous guilt. And I turn on the shower. And as I turn on the shower, my mom calls and I'm talking to her and she's so happy for me and just giving me such words of affirmation. And I just start bawling, crying. It was like the shower just brought these tears of emotions out of me. And I'm hysterically crying. And she's like, oh, it's okay. You've been working for this. And I was like, the only words I could say is it's so hard. It's so hard, mama. And every day you don't get, you don't get it right. I know I don't. I'm not fully present in every single moment that I want to be fully present in. But guess what? We have a couple of things to note here. And it's going to take us full circle back to the conversation because we're wrapping up here in a minute. We were gifted the husbands that were gifted with purpose. They get to fill in the gaps when we're not there. They love them just as much as we do. And secondly, our purpose is our legacy. And our children are now having not only the deposits of the Holy Spirit that we're providing them, but they're also witnessing. They're witnessing the fact that they too get to live in abundance, that they too have an opportunity to know their purpose, know their identity and walk out their path. And so you get to move the needle today. You get to move the needle in your mental health, your emotional health, your physical health, your spiritual health, in your home, in your head, in your heart. And most importantly, in your walk to know him more. But that doesn't mean because we are not perfect that we do all of those things all the time, every minute of every day. We do each part well so that at the end of our days, we can say, I moved the needle today. I moved the needle towards my calling. I moved the needle in my purpose. I stood in obedience, just like you said. And so whether you're nursing or you're working, I like to call it creating because I don't want my kids to have a negative connotation that work means I'm separate. I'm creating and I'm serving. And so are you that he sees us in every single moment. And that's where that full alignment comes into play. So thank you. I'm, I love that that connection of me literally depositing that is, a, I hope, a word from the Lord and just affirmation and security that the prayers that you've been praying are real and the prayers that you've been praying are heard and that you are activated in that Proverbs 31 space. So continue. That is is such affirmation and just so sweet to hear. I just feel so humbled by it. I'm so glad friend. Is there any ways I know you're going to buy your book. I'm so excited about your book. Is it called inspiring honey? 
No, it's actually called How to Not Let Social Media Ruin Your Life. <laughs> oh, even better. We all need that. And here I am like pro- preaching Clubhouse. It's hilarious. Don't let Clubhouse distract you from your mission. This is so good. But how amazing to know that you can put yourself into social media, right? And use it for the kingdom of God and also not be consumed by it. Exactly. That's exactly what the book is about because I know I was addicted to social media. It was a distraction, but the book is really about how to use it as a tool for the kingdom, how to allow social media to be a place that is not causing you to fall into comparison. It talks a lot about identity and comparison and rooting yourself in Jesus and using every opportunity you have to be a witness and to be a light, whether you're speaking about Jesus or whether you're just showing up being yourself. And if you have the Holy Spirit in you and if you love Jesus, that's going to come out. That's going to be the overflow overflow of your heart into your words. I love you so much. I feel like we're like kindred spirits and I'm so excited about it. And is there, I know you're on Instagram under inspiring honey there, right? Is there, how else can people get in touch with you? How else can we support you as a community buying the book for certain? What else? Uh, definitely check out my website, inspiringhoney.com. I have a podcast. I also have um, blogs going up there and all of my products and everything will be found there. Inspiringhoney.com is like my hub. <laughs> I love it. And I'm so excited about the rollers. That's going to be so cool. And also yeah. if people need mentorship, perhaps in, is yeah. this in mentorship and business coaching, either or? Yes, both. Ooh, gosh, all the things. I'm excited. <laughs> this is good, you guys. This is a whole, like she said, hub of the heart of the Lord. And so, so much goodness coming out of that. I can't wait to keep in touch with you. I've got a conference coming up later this year called Kingdom Clubhouse. So once we get you activated in Clubhouse, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. But until then, you guys, it's such an honor. Inspiring Honey, Gabrielle, Gab for short, if you want to call her, she is now in the community of the Fit and Faith And I am so amazed by you and just humbled that we are connected. We give God all the praise in this connection. And we just want you guys to know it's not about our names. It's about his name. So thank you for being here wholeheartedly and in your, in your health. I'm just so grateful that you got through the thing you got through so that you can do the thing you're meant to do. Thank you. Like you said, all the glory is to him. If it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be doing any of this and I wouldn't be here. So good, you guys. All right. Have an awesome day and take notes. Re-listen, take notes because she really did drop some golden nuggets. Thanks again. See ya. Hey, y'all. It's me again. I hope in today's episode, you sense and ignite to an ember within you. Something mentally, physically, emotionally, or spiritually moving that creates and sustains a fire within your journey. Before you go, let's solidify the flame. I'd love for you to take a step right now in declaring your takeaway by snapping a pic of the episode you tuned into, share your sparked moment and tag me at fit and faith underscore podcast or me personally at Tamara.andress on Insta. I hope that I can keep you accountable and also share you with the greater community of the fit and faith podcast listeners. We're totally in this together. Community over competition is the motto, right? I'd also be incredibly grateful if you took an extra second to leave a review on iTunes or your podcast listening app. I'd love to feature your thought in the next episode and give you and your passion project a big shout out. You know I'm a writer, so I love words and I can't wait to read what you have to say. I'm ready to fuel the flame with you together. And until next time, blessings over your joy, health, wealth, and wholeness. Tune in next time. 
In a recent survey, parents reported that 52% of homeschooled children need learning accommodations. These parents need practical advice, encouragement, and hope to fuel their homeschooling efforts. The Empowering Homeschool Conversations podcast is where parents gain wisdom on how to teach unique learners successfully at home, like Laura, who recently told us, I needed this episode. I don't need a fancy curriculum or need to be a special ed teacher to teach my son. You have given me hope. To listen now, go to Life Audio or search Empowering Homeschool Conversations on your favorite podcast app.